Welcome back everybody to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr Intangibles, and a complicated man, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Anglian Elliot Friedman, and the leader of Hockey Human Resources, Will Everett. Will, how you doing? Doing well, mate. Doing well. How are you getting on? Not bad, not bad. No question of the week this week. We're going to get straight into this, because obviously there's, a, there's been some news, Will, as you may or may not know. I feel like I'm more informed than some members of uh, of the NHL. <laughs> yeah, and the hockey media, actually. So I'll just lead off with, I said I would. I was getting NHL 20. I thought I'd do a little quick book review of it. NHL 20 is, gameplay-wise, absolutely excellent. It's amazing. I would say that the animations are as smooth as they've ever been, as crisp as they've ever been. There's no kind of silly, like, you know sometimes when you make a pass and then you'll try and hit a one-timer, but you're not, your body, the, the body of the player is not in quite the right yeah, position. Yeah, I, I know exactly the animation you're talking about. Yeah, so it's almost like they have to like stop and then hit it. On this one, they don't. Like they'll do one-handed back. They'll do one-timers on the backhand. They'll put like one-timers that are just poked, like stick pokes. It's incredibly smooth. Um, that, that's the thing. Oh, sorry to just inter- interject. No, good. There's a really good review of it on Polygon. I think that's the, okay. It's a video game hour of of SB Nation, Vox. Yeah. They had a really good section, sort of showing really highlighting just how smooth the animations are now so you get so absolutely so fewer of the the clunky almost like forced into animations and it feels a lot more just makes such a small thing that makes such a difference to the immersion that's the that's the major positive it feels more like a real hockey game the the they've always had a good thing on nhl where the ai will learn from its mistakes so if you just keep ripping, you know, one tees from wherever, you know, they will try and, you know, cut off that pass. Or if you're the kind of guy who just skates down the wings and then cuts back and, you know, gives it to your defenseman for a slap shot or something, they'll try and cut that off. You have to. It's good now that like, you really do have to change your game plan. I've not. I don't think I've had any two games play out exactly the same because I like to play a lot of my games. I don't just sim them. Really varying wild scores like six threes, like scorpy one nils. Games where. You're really sort of hanging on at the end. You've got a six on five, or it's just like a six on four power play or something. So that's excellent. I have to give them full credit for making that side of it really good. There are lots of little niggly things that are the downsides. This is crazy, but you can't adjust the horizontal calibration. So oh, yeah, I saw that photo you put up. So like the <laughs> ends of your isn't that your telly though? No, because I went online and I said like. What, what what's going on? Why can't I? And they're like, oh yeah, change your TV to this ratio. I've changed my TV to every ratio. Nothing worked. Shit. That's, uh... So you can't change the but but there's not there's not even an option to change the horizontal calibration. So I just I want to be able to move it. Can I move it in or out? Because normally we have the option on every game, like oh get this image in the center of the screen or you know move these bars to get the image right in the middle of the TV. But there's no option to do that, which to me is just insane. <laughs> how can I have how can I not have that option to do that? I, th- I know, feel that's, that's, that's got to a... be like, yeah, as much as yeah, you've tried changing the settings on your telly and it's just not working, I reckon that's got to be a proper, just unfortunate combination with your brand of telly or something like that. Because I reckon if that was happening to everybody, it'd be all over the place. Like, you know, people would be up in arms about it. But you're the only person I've heard having that issue. But then you would think if the, but then if you could just do something that you could do on every other single game, which is calibrate yeah. the horizontal thing, then that'd be fine. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, like, my TV's not a weird shape. It's a normal shape TV. All right, it's a big TV, but it's a normal shape TV. You know, it's oh, not like, it's not a rhombus, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, you know I mean? so one of these, like, like, curved OLED screens. 
yeah, it's not. It's you know, and and NHL nineteen was fine, and NHL eighteen was fine. So why isn't NHL twenty? Are you sure the you thing got, is, you know, like the Galaxy Edge phones where the screen like wraps around the sides a bit. I do sure? have one of those phones. Are you sure your telly's not not like that? <laughs> no, definitely not. It's not. Have you telly's around in the back. <laughs> just as just as him is poking around there, like fucking hell. Yeah, every time I'm playing, I'm like, oh, Jake DeBrusque playing left wing. Okay, I didn't realise. Like, I've got to look around the back of my TV. <laughs> Get a little mirror set up there. The other thing I noticed is that on the anima- the animations are good. So when you scroll a goal now, we obviously have different animations. That you know for the highlights, uh, the replay. Sorry. Oh yeah. And yeah, the replays are really good. But after the replay, you'll get a little graphic. So the, obviously the, the person's picture, then their name. And then it'll say, you know, how many goals they've scored this season and the time of goal. And it came up, you know, like David Pasternak, blah, blah, blah. First ever, like first career goal. And I was like, that's weird. And here's the thing. It wasn't even his, it wasn't even his first goal in that game. <laughs> Let alone his first career goal. Well, he's, he's gone. And he's I, gone round. He's 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 got ninety nine. He's at his hundred now. He's now he's round to one again. Yeah, it's like it's like the car dial on a really old car. It's gone to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, and it's just back at one now. Yeah, exactly. But that's just stupid. I mean, that is something so basic that that should be that should be better than that. That's that's terrible. That it's, is really terrible. You get stuff like that in loads of games now that it's just so annoying, and like it can be patched out, and it I guarantee it will be patched out probably it before be. this even comes out. But like. The fact that it has to happen. No, no pride in your work anymore, Dan. No pride in your work. Yeah, back in my day, you know, you, oh, you, it's true. Your PlayStation games go out, and when it's out, it's out. You've got to double check for all these things. Nowadays, these lazy, slovenly game developers, are like, well, whatever, I'll fix it later. That's Bastards. very true. But that's, I think that's that's just slack. That's very bad. And and the other thing is trades are still massively broken massively <laughs> i've been sending you my i've been sending you my trades haven't i and you're just like oh my god please stop this is just stupid i, th- I think you know there comes a point where you're just yeah you know you're you're letting yourself down really dan by doing by even doing the trades yeah exactly yeah it's oh, well done you can do it but like where's where's the fun in that there's no honor in that I know it's just ridiculous. There should be a better internal AI that realizes. Hang on a minute, this is stupid. And case in point, one of my trades was I traded David Krejci and got back <laughs> David. Mind you, David Krejci, thirty-three years old, seven point two five million AAV, and I got back Kevin LeBanc, one million AAV, a second, a third, and a fifth, <laughs> which is just so stupid. What, what like, are their ratings so in the stupid. game? Krejci is 85, LeBanc was 83. Not bad, not bad. Maybe... Not bad. Maybe it's like, you know, you know, for like the player animations and that, they get yeah. like players in the old mocap suits and they're you know, oh, ripping yeah. slapshots or whatever. Maybe um, in his time off, they got the Teflon Don to do some <laughs> mocap GMing. <laughs> and he's, he's, it's actually hyper-intelligent AI. Just the hyper intelligence <laughs> this mimicking is that of the Teflon Don. <laughs> is that of Peter Chiarelli? Oh, Christ. <laughs> it was terrible. What was my other one as well? Oh, yeah, I traded I traded two Karask mm. and got back, like, Carter Hart, who's on, like, 700 grand. <laughs> Carter Hart and a pig. <laughs> and a pig. For two <laughs> Car- Don't get me wrong, two Karask is really good, but the Flyers wouldn't do that in a million years. That, They'd never take that deal. That's the one that laughed me off the most. <laughs> like, here's my... Because how old's Ross now? Like, 32, 33? 32, I think. Yeah. 
Here's our, here's our early to mid-30s goalie. Who's, yeah, still very good, but give us your uh, 20-year-old future superstar, please, and a pick. Better throw in a yeah. pick for that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll also save six, uh, 6.3 million on my cap hit as well for next year. <laughs> so, again, that's relatively realistic. You know, Chuck Fletcher, he's got a hangover from his mini days. He needs old Fair players. Point. You never know. Doesn't know what to do with these youngsters. And the other thing was, you have a now you have the find trade option. So you can click on find trade, click on a player, and then you will see if those players come in for any offers for other teams. That is also broken because I managed to trade away David Backus for two fifths, which again isn't a <laughs> isn't a great price, but. The AI should realise. Well, no, I'm not taking on this contract because it will make my team worse and increase my cap hit. That that's I mean, the thing that like it should know that. Okay, like there should be an algorithm or something in the game that's sort of okay. Age plus cap hit like equals bad deal or something like that. You you don't. I mean, obviously there's more to it than that. But yeah, that sounds like the basic sort of yeah intelligence you wanna you wanna give your your fake GM. I mean, just little things they could... I mean, the gameplay now is perfect. Absolutely perfect. It's the, I think it's the best it's ever been. So, yeah, just the little things they need to sort out. And, but, it's, but I'm enjoying it. It's good, as always. I always get sucked into it. And, you know, this year was no different. Should we start the show, then? I reckon we should. Let's bounce around the world. I'll start this week with the Mexican League Elite. Ooh. Ice Hockey in Mexico was inaugurated on the 2nd of October 2010 with the aim to establish Mexico as a high-level international competitor in ice hockey. They started off with four teams, the Mayan Astronomers, Ooh. the Tehutican Priests, yeah. the Aztec Eagle Warriors, and the Zapotec Totems. Which, as we've discovered, every single league around the world, defunct or not, has better nicknames than the NHL. May the Eagle Warriors. Eagle Warriors. That's bad boy. Because the Eagles is like, all right, you're a bird. But an Eagle Warrior is the king of the Eagles. It's, you know. (laughs) The NHL has got the Golden Knights and the, uh, what was it, the Mexican Elite League, Super League? Yeah, the Mexican League Elite. The League Elite. As the Eagle Warriors, that's a much better double-barreled uh, name. Yeah, all due respects to the to the Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Red Wings. Yeah, great, mate. That's, that's but yes, are, is is it still going? Uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> as as is always the case, these leagues just seem to they start them. It's a good idea, but in the end, it's just the demand isn't there. Unfortunately, that's a, that's a real shame. That is a real shame because you know, what would you rather do? End out your career in the AHL or go and play for the Eagle Warriors or the, the Priests. Priests? I'm a priest. I mean, to be fair, if we think about it, that is the most terrifying name we've had all season. <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> not not oh God, We got dark. Right, not yeah, that let, okay. You do yours quick before we say something really bad. <laughs> so mine's not a league. Mine is about the Haitian national ice hockey team. Which Fabulous. is uh, a double IHF registered uh, hockey team with one official match on record. They've played one yes. game. I the, love uh, it. The Haitians. It was on April twenty third, two 
2017, and uh, they lost 7-4. So not you know not an awful showing. Damn, yeah, sounds like a great. Could have been two empty netters at the end as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you um have any idea uh, who they who they lost 7-4 to? Any guesses at all, Dan? Any guesses at all? The Haitian team. Oh God, let's go with the Bermudan second six. Uh, <laughs> they only sent one line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm wrong part of the world. Uh, they they lost seven four to Lebanon. Wow. Big up, big up Lebanon. Well done. Haven't haven't played a game since. <laughs> have Lebanon. Lebanon should have retired as well as the only undefeated <laughs> team in history. <laughs> I did, yeah, I can't say I was going to save Lebanon for a sequel later. Oh, um, good idea. That's it. There you go. They've got some pretty smart looking jerseys. Yeah, yeah. One, one game. Do you know what? If you had the money, that would be a really cool thing to collect. You know, jerseys from teams in like you know because we've yeah, done like we've yeah, done like yeah. there's, there's North Korean leagues like now like the Mexican you know the Mexican league, like you say the Haitian team, the Kenyan team. That'd be really cool to like collect those jerseys and oh, have mate. like that you know. That'd be so ace. That'd be quality. Don't know if they're, they're in hot hot enough demand to be creating retail versions of it. Well, anything's in demand if you pay enough money, don't you? That's very true. I could probably go to. You could just you could just fly to Haiti and find a t- and just find a shirt shop. Hey man, I've got a thousand Haitian dollars. Make me this jersey. All right. Yeah, but if yeah, I if I was going to do that, I wouldn't fly to Haiti to do it. I could probably well, pay do that to do it for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I could probably do it at a, I don't know, a jersey shop in Norwich. If there was such a thing, a shirt printer, like, can you make me this? Rather than having to go all the way make to Haiti. <laughs> make specific... me an authentication ice hockey jersey, please, good sir. <laughs> well, now, now you're saying authentic, so yeah, I'd, probably, I'd have to phone someone in Haiti and say, are you the president of the of the Haitian Ice Hockey Federation? I, saying, think, no, I think at that point you need the actual president of Haiti, to be honest. Mate, the, the beauty of that match, that game as well, uh, not played in Haiti. No ice hockey is actually played in Haiti at Aww. all. It was uh, it was played in Quebec. Yeah, more it's like, an, it's like an international relations match, isn't it? Yeah, they called it a friendship game. Oh, I love it! I love it. A friendship game, isn't that beautiful? What what is also a little bit weirdly beautiful? Trying to look for photos of the Haitian hockey team. Uh, the sixth or seventh photo down on Google Images is of our boy Liam Kirk. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, it's another it's another third world hockey country, isn't it? So I guess there's I guess they're linked. <laughs> Soon to become a third world country. Full stop. <laughs> oh, don't no, don't do it. There you don't go. do it. We're not doing it. That was excellent. That was excellent. Okay. Th- thank you very much. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, very good. Very good. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you lead with your not hockey news. Uh, so my not hockey news is unfortunately mildly topical, but we're gonna we're gonna skirt around it. As uh, Dan, have you seen the Kenyans on Twitter tweeting about Brexit? Yes, it's amazing. Oh, it's it's fantastic for for anyone who, who's uninitiated. Brexit is the act of Britain. Leave it no. So <laughs> I don't I don't know how it got started, but I think groups of Kenyan journalists or comedians or, or whoever they might be, just Kenyan people, are tweeting about Brexit and Britain in a sort of role-reversing way, in the same way that British journalists tweet about the troubles in Kenya when, you know, there's potentially tribal conflict kicking off and stuff, you know, the traditional, oh, stay off the streets, you know, contact the embassy as soon as you can and stuff. So they're saying, oh, there could be tribal 
tribal conflicts between like football fans and stuff on the streets like you know stay off the streets <laughs> do not go by any means go into trafalgar square or anything like that and it's <laughs> very beautiful to have the uh have the the table turned as it were yeah, if you get a chance, everyone, check out the Kenyan tweets about Brexit. They are fabulous. They are very funny, very funny. And unfortunately, not that far from the truth because, yeah, like, like Will said, we're not that far from being a third world country now because our government is a shambles. To teetering on the edge is uh, how I think yeah. I'll put it. I think that's right, yeah. My not hockey news this week, I think in news that maybe no one expected to read about, uh, in Australia, a bull semen factory caught fire <laughs> and exploded. <laughs> Yes. If you're wondering about if you're wondering about the wherewithals and what happens in a bull semen factory, it's it's more of a semen storage facility that also performs artificial insemination of cows. The actual semen collection process happens elsewhere, but uh, the explosions were caused by cryogenically frozen uh, cylinders of bull semen, and they overpressured due to a heat wave in Australia forcing the lids off and the contents out at high speed and the fire took 10 hours to extinguish with the firefighters in what is called defensive mode to protect themselves from bull semen defensive mode defensive mode so this bull semen factory is it more of a processing yes. plant rather than a factory it's it's a storage facility more than uh, anything okay. else but they do they do do artificial insemination there as well but it's a storage facility yeah, because a lot of people have, have spoken about it as a factory, and that confused me somewhat because you create yeah, things. As in a me, factory. yes, I, I had images so, of almost like some kind of milking factory, oh, but for semen. Well, like an artificial, we've we've discovered how to fabricate bulges. And yeah, I had visions of like lots of bulls being given copies of Play Cow magazine <laughs> and then being hooked up to some machine while it pumped them dry or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so just to derail this conversation even further not possible but go on you know you know how silly it is that humans get aroused by naked bodies like it's stupid it's it is stupid yeah proper proper dumb yeah animals don't get that do they that's not like a well as much as it kind of is a natural thing, it's it's not a it's not a natural thing, is it? I don't know because I think it's more. It's not that we're. I think it's not that we're excited by naked bodies. I think it's just we're excited because it's something we don't see all the time. I think. Yeah, yeah. But because I think there's plenty of things that I don't see all the time, but when I see them, I don't. No, but obviously, in relation to <laughs> sexual relationships and procreation of the species, because there are animals that, that will do that. They'll have like a plumage that they only release when they're trying to impress a mate, or they'll do a dance, or I think that's kind of like the same kind of thing. Yeah, so it's not it's not just I mean? looking at you're not just <laughs> looking at the same a, thing. A naked cow, like just a cow. Yeah, exactly. If the cow's got clothes on, you're not bothered. But when the cow takes her clothes off, you're like, whoa! <laughs> like that's like exciting. God, I like what's under that blouse there, uh, Dolly. <laughs> May um, I say that's a smashing blouse. <laughs> It looked Shout better on the, the uh, on the bottom of my stable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose like the act of getting naked is like our equivalent of like a mating dance. It's it's yeah it's exactly the, the the understanding that ah you know they're naked so that is implying that it's going to lead to uh, coitus. Dan, 
Yes, and it, yeah, it's that as well, isn't so it's it? Like it's then the at that point, isn't once it? the nakedness, yeah, once the nakedness happens, you are then like, oh, okay, we're now in this mode. That in subconsciously, you're like, right, okay, now we're naked. This is going to happen. So and then you start to get ready for that to happen, kind of thing. So yeah, but yeah, I see what you mean. A cow and a like a like a horse in a field, for example, sees a female horse, and it's just another female horse. But they're like, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, so but I think I'm... yeah, there are. It's not just us that does it. What I'm getting at is Play Cow magazine would be wouldn't serve the purpose you want it to serve. Yeah, but maybe in that they wear clothes. Maybe that's exciting. <laughs> and that's that's the where that's so rare for a bull to see a fully clothed cow. He's like, oh, come on, mate. I like... <laughs> oh dear. I will say as well, it was a shame about this explosion because no one saw it coming. No, nothing. I t- Fuck's sakes. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, that although is... the route, the, although the, surely, although... surely yeah, there were firefighters, firefighters there in defensive mode, and lots of people saw it coming. But yeah, yeah. In the end, everyone saw it coming. <laughs> the rumours are as well as that HBO has already signed up for a, a script for Chernobyl two. So that'll be uh, that'll be good. <laughs> that was better. That one was a winner. That was much better. What do you mean it's exploded? <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. Just that guy with the tash again. Shut up. It can't explode. It's bull semen. It doesn't explode, you idiot. Go on down and take a look at it. <laughs> just guys well. walking out covered in couches and bulges. <laughs> There's a scene in Chernobyl where the geezer goes up to the roof and looks over the hole. But <laughs> of turning around with his face already. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like the people in the hospital are starting to turn black and white. <laughs> like crisping up. <laughs> starting to smell like beef. This is like a Christmas. Oh, God. There's just like a locked door in the hospital, and all you can hear behind the door is like. Brr, brr, brr. like you didn't oh my God, touch him, in did there. you? you I told him, you not to touch him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, baby, dear, woman, a baby comes out as a cow. <laughs> oh, oh the god almighty! Oh, right, the rest of the episode is just going to be imagining the uh, deeply <laughs> harrowing scenes from Chernobyl, Chernobyl but with couches. The bulges, sorry. <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, man. <laughs> God almighty. That's oh, a oh, show here. I think that's the best right. one we've ever had. <laughs> that might be the best one. I'm very proud of it. Do you know what's amazing? So how much that first joke is like just completely whiffed. That was an that like that comeback was phenomenal. Was gr- I, I, I think the whiff only contributed to how. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! I'm, gl- I'm glad we've got. I'm glad we've got another segment to hopefully uh, calm down before we get to the main subject of the show. Yes, me oh, too. Me but... too. Okay. <clears throat> oh yeah, let's pull ourselves together. Right. Uh, close but not quite. You meet you or me first. What do you want to do? I will go first. I've got a um, a team, te- a single team based pair today. My first okay. of which 
is the digital marketing director for Marshalls PLC, who uh, basically um, do like concrete and screed and stuff like that in uh, in your neck of the woods in Manchester. Oh. Uh, his name's Paul Morris. Oh, no. I... There you go. Paul Morris. He even wears glasses like his, uh, like his French-Canadian namesake. Well, they could be twins then, couldn't but they? Basically the same person. In, exactly. in the summers, Paul Maurice is uh, it's just laying screed in the Greater Manchester yeah. area. Yeah. Ronald Ronnie Goudreau is a retired professional graphic designer from Hartford, Connecticut. Nice. He worked in quality control project supervision and creating production-ready templates from raw materials. That. Which is one of those things now that as I read it, I don't quite get what that means. But fine, there you go. Ronnie Goudreau, a creative man, much like his namesake. One little uh, repeat on Paul Morris. I found another Paul Morris who lists himself as a credible finance business partner, which just sounds a bit like he most certainly <laughs> he's not credible. credible at all. Yeah, exactly. He's been accused so many times of being un- un- uncredible that he has to specify that he is, in fact, credible. My my second one, he's in a bit of a... Bit of a he's, he's got a bit of a sticky wicket at the moment, This uh, this young man. Uh, especially concerning the Winnipeg Jets. Strategy lead for the Ministry of Justice, uh, Patrick Lyons. Oh, I was trying to find the Patrick Lyon A1. Patrick Lyons, I didn't think of doing that. I was I was trying to find Patrick A Lyons, but um it didn't it didn't work. Patrick Lyons had to do. And yeah he works for the for the Ministry of Justice. So nice one. The Ministry of Justice. And I always not... think about those jobs. You see them like there was a thing ages ago about you you could apply to be a secretary for MI six. Or like no. a not a secretary, like an admin, like an admin support type yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, wow, you could you could literally be the guy that opens the mail and be like, well, I work for MI six, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> but like, all you do is um, open mail. Are you a spy? Oh well, I cannot confirm or deny that. Yeah, I can't. I can't talk about it. I did that. I, I, <laughs> I reckon, did that at the phone have... shop. At the phone shop. <laughs> I went to get. I was looking at getting a new. Before I got this phone, I was looking at getting a new phone. Yeah, and I was in a phone shop. And I don't know why I do this. Sometimes I'm this kind of person. Sometimes I just like to mess with people. I, that might make me a bit of a di- make me a bit of a dick sometimes, which it does. And I'm sorry, but I was in the phone shop, and the guy said to me, "I said, oh, I'm looking for something that's got unlimited data. I need a good phone, good size screen, because I kind of sit around a lot and wait for people." He's like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I was like, oh, "I can't really say unfortunately, but I, I work for the government, but I can't say what I do." And he was like, oh, "Okay then." Like. <laughs> I'm like I don't. I, of course, I'm just that. I'm just an admin guy. That's, just like... that's quality. I, I reckon if you're if you're like business support or whatever for for MI6, like they specifically tell you to tell people, like yeah, just just so, so you don't go around pretending to be a spy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's in your contract to not infer that you are a spy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brian Reeves from Austin, Texas. Is the chief diversity and inclusion officer at Dell. Brian. He's published articles on matters such as autism and frequently travels the world talking to Dell employees in other countries about how they're helping to build a more inclusive future. And I feel that Brian, just like his namesake Ryan, has made the world a better place. <laughs> I was hoping this would be Brian Reeves is currently serving a life sentence in <laughs> for murder. Houston Penitentiary. <laughs> For he snuck murder. up on he snuck up on some guy who wasn't looking and clobbed him. <laughs> <laughs> some guy named Tim Wilson. <laughs> no, but unfortunately no, Brian's good, actually yeah. a good person doing good things. He is, is, he is. A, a great guy. It's a shame. Good guy, well done, Brian. Thank you. Uh, 
All right then, let's get on to this. <sighs> so, yesterday, obviously, we got the news that Austin Matthews is in trouble after he allegedly got drunk with some of his friends and tried to open a locked car door of a female security officer who worked at the condo where he was staying at in Glendale. The report said that Matthews and his friends said they thought it would be funny to see how she responded. When she, nothing happened and she you know, basically told them to can go away, he pulled his pants down and I was going to say mooned her, but he did, he did keep his underwear up the whole time. <sighs> I will quickly say now why this is very, very bad. And in some cases <laughs> is being... Well, no, because for, for, no, for, for the many, many, many people out there who clearly need this explained to them. Yes. Some of which, for some reason, work in the hockey media and don't get it. Right. What he did in a vacuum, him and his friends were trying to open a locked car door. The person told them to go away. He pulled his pants down and showed his undies. That's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. No, right nobody, back. nobody died here. Quite. No, nobody got hurt. Nobody died. No problems. Here's where it's bad. It's a woman. You can't do that to a woman. And, and here's and, why. And it's a group of, sorry to interject, but it's a group of men. And yes. What's, what's Matthew's listed as? 6'3", six, six, 220 six, three. pounds? 6'3", like, 220. Jesus. Yes. And this is why it's bad. Now, I know some people out there are going to say, oh, well, you know, inclusion and, oh, what, rules are different for men and women? Yes, they are, numbnuts. Rules are different for men and women in certain things. This is one of those occasions. Because if it's a guy in the car, it is different. Because the guy is not, in that moment, thinking, I'm going to take this to the extreme, but I have to. Because for me, to hear some some NHL or so-called media people saying, all right, it wasn't that bad what, that wasn't that bad what he did, that, that female security officer has no idea... There was a fucking gang of men around her car trying to break into her car. How do you not see that as absolutely menacing and a complete disregard for her rights? I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Because as I've mentioned before, I grew up on my own with my mum. And she explained to me, like, you have to understand how the world is for women. And she would sit me down at times and tell me things. To make me understand. To get me to get it. Like, okay, this is how it's different for men and women. There's like a, a female comedian told a joke, which was, if you say to a guy, if you were a woman all day, what would you do? They'd go, oh, I'd stay in the house all day and play with my boobs. Whereas if you say to a woman, if you're a man, what would you do? The answer is, well, I can go running at night with headphones and not be worried. Because it's true. A gang of men surrounding a woman is menacing. And it is, honest to God, I'd be scared. I'd be thinking, fuck, are these guys going to beat me up? Fair enough. I might get beaten up, and I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to use like the hard R word because I don't want to talk about that kind of thing on this show. Absolutely. But not. how the fuck does she know? How does she know that that gang of men trying to get into her car, who were all clearly drunk, are not going to break into her car or smash her window and then do something to her sexually? She doesn't know that. Fair enough. They all then walk away, and I guarantee at that point she was thinking, oh, "Gee, oh my god!" Like the emotion that must have been coming out of her at that time. It is menacing and terrifying. And to hear some of these media experts sort of downplaying it is driving me insane. One yeah, more no, thing. Please. Because I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this point too much. I imagine I, I will believe I have to believe that this is true because there's a video. So as we've seen, we saw the other week with Neymar that the girl who accused him of sexual assault is now being sued by him because she made it up. Morgan Riley 
the gay slur thing last year, everyone jumped on him immediately. And then it turned out he didn't do anything. There's a famous, a very famous case of an American football college player who was meant to be re- like selected super high. A girl accused him. His counsel just told him to admit to it because no one would believe him that he didn't do it. And he didn't do it. And he's now since going around colleges, talking to young men about, you know, you've got to be aware of these things. These things can happen to men as well. Like you can have mud thrown at you and it will stick, even if it's not meant to. And I've, I've told a personal story of something like that happening to one of my friends from years ago who was accused of something and in no way did anything wrong. So I'm not going to go all in. If it comes out that it's completely, definitely true, I believe it is, but we don't know yet for sure, then I will go all in. But right now, I'm believing it is because, like I say, there's a video. And for the main reason is that he kept it quiet and tried to hide it. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Will, your thoughts? Something that I, I mean, there's not really a lot I can I can add to what what you've said there, Dan. You've covered it perfectly. Like it is absolutely unacceptable behaviour. Have you have you heard about what his dad said? No. So Kate Strang has done an article, and quite frankly, if Kate Strang's doing an article about you, you know you're not a very good person. As always, fantastic article. She has got body cam footage from the police call out which is, frankly, further damning for Matthews' case. But apparently, uh, Matthews' father got involved and was saying, like, oh, no, my son would never do things like this. Don't you know who he is, etc., etc." So it's like, yeah, well done, Mr. Matthews, you dick. But something, something uh, I thought about this morning, Austin Matthews is lucky he didn't get shot. <laughs> Dude, so true. Let's, let, let's, so be, true. let's be serious about that, like, in... in in a climate in America where people are getting shot for X, Y, and Z. Like, bloody hell, did you read about the, the girl who got shot for coming home in the middle of the night by her own bloody mum? Yeah. I've got no real point to make about that, but, like, it's... No, but that is the point. He could have been fucking... And she would have been justified. That's the <laughs> yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, if anyone's going to be justified in shooting somebody, like, bloody hell. Like, we... what I mean? There's a gang of men around my car. I was terrified... And I was defending myself. That's a more, so that's a more reasonable... Yeah, they tried to gain entry to my car at two yes. in the morning. Like they weren't just stood there. They're trying to break into a car in a you know like a locked door. Yeah, and she and she's a former. I think she's like former army. Well, she's former military. She, yeah, she said she's like I've got PTSD. I've got PTSD. Like fuck. He he should be thankful every single day that he did not lose his life that night. To be to be quite frank about it. And yeah, it's it's heinous, heinous, and it's just so like not to tarnish all hockey players with with the same brush, but we see it time and time and time again. He is still yeah, as much as you know, I oh, he's interesting on, excuse me, on social media. He wears fashionable clothes. He's bringing the league forward in sort of into the social media age and stuff like that and he's bringing some character to the game he is still just an entitled rich young man who comes from an affluent background and was able to play this this sport of middle class and upper classes who's just been paid a lot of money and thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants not just uh not not to say that austin matthews is is an inherently bad person but that shows a lot about a man's character and the whole excuse of oh he was drunk Boys will be boys, yo. You can't judge a man for what he does by his drunk. Yes, you fucking can. Yes. Yeah, you can. You can judge someone Absolutely. by their actions when they're drunk. Like, that's the most... I, I saw someone equate it to 
Yeah, what we're going to just suddenly let all the drunk drivers out of prison who kill people while they were driving because they were drunk, you can't blame them. No, that's the most moronic thing that I've ever heard in my life. It's just so disappointing because I really liked Austin Matthews, really liked him on and off the ice, but this is just beyond the pale. And it doesn't wash with me either because obviously being straight edge, I just, I hate the drunk argument. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, but I was drunk. Fuck me. Like, just, like, that's an excuse for anything. It drives me mad. It drives me mad. And people equating this to being a victimless crime, menacing is 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 a crime. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there is no victimless part of this. If you got a bit pissed and stole a road sign, all right. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, there are victimless crimes. This yeah. isn't it. That's absolutely not it. When a when a person is involved and is the subject of your criminal actions, that that does not equate to a victimless crime. So like it's yeah, again, it's been it's been done to death, but it's really ousted a lot of people on the internet and that is just shameful. Shameful. Do you know what as well? I didn't even think about this until just now. I I mentioned this the other week when somebody was talking about Koozie and his suspension. And they said, well, of course, we'll stand by him. And I tweeted out saying, I wonder what it would take for somebody, a teammate, to say, I'm actually not going to stand by him. I'm really pissed off with what he's done. Fucking, don't get me wrong, I am not saying this is just because it's the Leafs. I think any team would do this. I would say, yep, probably even the Bruins as well, that they would come out and those players are going to say, well, of course, we're going to help him and stand by him and blah, blah, blah. Could one of the Leafs not just just have said something like, I'm really pissed off with him actually he's let me down and he's going to have to do a lot to win my trust back Don't, I'm not saying you've got to go out there and say I'm never going to talk to him again he's done with me blah 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 I would never expect that because that's just not what hockey players do but I would have wanted one of them to say something like that like what do you think with Austin Matthews thing well I'm really fucking disappointed actually I'm really annoyed at him and he's going to take a lot for him to win me back over but no you know oh, we'll support him we'll get him the help he needs What what helps that and if he gets found guilty of it, I'll wait for his I'll wait for his faux apology and his donation to some fucking women's charity or something to absolve him of all his guilt. No, you know what I mean? His, his quote, I think yesterday. That fucking statement. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's a shame that we're having to talk about this. Yeah, it's a fucking shame we're having to talk about it, Austin. It's a fucking shame. It's a real fucking shame that you have done this. That statement. Holy shit. I get it. He can't say exactly what because he can't. It's like it's a legal thing now. That's fine. I understand that. But the wording and oh God, it seemed like he was just. It seemed like it seemed like he was look like at the reporters. How dare you ask me that question? But anyway, here's what I've got to say, and that was it. It's it's someone who doesn't understand or care about the gravitas of the situation. Not at all. Just add it to the long list of reasons why women aren't welcome in this sport, Dan. I know. I know. The NHL, we don't want you. Go away. You're not welcome and you are not safe in our rinks. Forget the drunk fans. Watch out for the players. So let's move on to the second thing then, which came out later on, was that the Leaf didn't know about this until they saw it on Twitter. Or in the news. Did did you see the the Greg Greg Wyshynski thing said about Brendan Shanahan having to favourite a tweet? (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> fucking hell. Mate, I, I really hope. I because they, they, it's been reported, it's been reported that Cal Dubas found out about this on Twitter. 
which I can actually believe because we have said before, like he is active on social media because he's now a young, he's the younger generation of GMs. Mm. So it makes sense that he'll be all over social media all the time. Can you, and I've not, I've kind of given Dubis a bit of like, a bit of jip now and again. And we'll come on to him a bit later with like, you know, contracts and all that kind of thing. But I hope he fucking ate Matthew's lunch. I hope he just sat him down and for 10 minutes just like laid into him. Because forgetting obviously what's happened for now, just talking talking team specifics, to find that out four months after, second, four third months. hand. Shit. And like, this is a guy you're going to make the... And they were talking... I like the... Okay, I like the Overdrive minutes show. Minutes away from being made the captain. Minutes yeah, away. I, li- I like the Overdrive show. Hayes, O-Dog, Noodle. I, th- I think they do a good show. And I think they have that little kind of combative chemistry there, which I like. But they'd say, they were saying yesterday, you know what? Yeah, make him captain three or four months down the road. You can't not make another guy captain. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Morgan Riley's sitting right there. Yeah. Fucking John Tavares like, is sitting right there. Like... There are reasons why a guy should now not be made the captain. I understand. You you might say that being a captain doesn't matter and that everyone's a leader in a locker room and blah, blah, blah. But you put a seat on that person's chest. I'm, I'm a believer in this. They have to hold themselves to a higher standard. You have to go out at any sport. I don't care what sport it is. Rugby, footy, ice hockey, fucking high ally, whatever. Do you have captains captain. in high I don't know. I just made up a sport. I just thought something. Kabaddi, <laughs> there you go, Kabaddi. <laughs> Not made of a sport. I just like made up something quickly to try and think of like what's a wacky sport. Anything like that. Any sport where there's a captain. I'm a firm believer in then, right, you are now the leader on the field, on the ice, on the court, whatever. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the same kind of thing, but Stanley Cup finals last year, Zidane Ochara plays with a fractured jaw. He does it because he's like, fuck, I'm the captain. I but I've got to I've got to play her. I've, and it's stupid because it's crazy. Like, why what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? But as the captain, you hold yourself to a higher standard. You are you are the face then of that franchise more than other players. You're leading by example. Yes, exactly. You're the guy on the ice who's like, right, come on, let's sort this out, let's sort this out. You gotta speak up, you gotta challenge players, you gotta you're like a mini manager almost. Not, but not again, the right he won't analogy be the captain for Zanejaro, but Well yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but but they'll make they'll make him the captain. Because apparently this isn't anything about anything. Yeah, I'd I think I'll, I'll wait to reserve judgment and assumptions on how the Leafs are going to react. But yeah, that's probably probably what's going to happen. Did you? Um, I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned if he's not named captain. I'll be stunned. I I reckon they'll name him captain next season. Yeah, I agree. But still, it's it's like I said before. It's more it's more damning to me that he tried to keep it a secret. Because yes, mental. Because <sighs> if there's if there's nothing wrong, you you tell people. <laughs> Oh, by the way, this has happened. Don't worry, I didn't do anything. Yeah, just giving you a heads up now, just in case. Because, you know, you know, people can be like, blah, 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 kind of thing. But then, no, to try and not, and then to not, for four, for four months. That that comes back to your point. The kind of person who would do that is somebody who's been very spoiled and is, you know, having smoke, constantly blowing up their arse all the time. <sighs> <laughs> the right. Unified size. I know. Oh, it's I just, know. like, every year... There's something every we can't we can't like you know I hate the off season and I want interesting things to happen but bloody hell like every single season there's something it feels. Do you do you not think? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> do you know what? 
I literally just zoned out then and saw about 15 different incidents flash across my mind. Like, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, and that one. I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. And just, I just think, oh, God. How, uh, how many of them involved Patrick Kane? <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them. I was still thinking about Patrick Kane. <laughs> I don't, I'm still going through the process of absorbing. I'll tell, I tell <laughs> yeah. you, Dan, I miss the good old days when, yeah, we just beat up taxi drivers over 30p. Yeah, yeah, I miss it. That's, that's more it. wholesome, isn't it? Those are the those are the days. Yeah, when when hockey players had respect for the people they were committing crimes against. <sighs> it is tough because there are so many players who do who do so much good in the league. There really are, but yeah. it just doesn't get the same kind of. I mean, like you know, you'll see one tweet about Braden Holtby like marching proudly at a pride rally and stuff. You're like, oh, cool, like you know, Braden Holtby's a great guy, good for him, and that's it. It doesn't get any press or real coverage because. He's just a good guy. But then, you know, this happens and it just blows up, which it should, but, the, you know, the other side should blow up as well because, yeah, you know, there are good hockey guys out there. It's, it's yeah, nature of the beast with, with media, though, isn't it? We love love bad yeah, things, yeah. hate good things are boring, good things don't sell papers sort of thing. Let's move on from that. <sighs> what should we do? Mm. <laughs> All right, so let's go with this. How do we launch off from that? <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about a, a player a play getting concussed in a pre-season game who already has a, a history of concussions in his, in his young career? While, while we, we can still be in full-on part anger mode, uh, well, uh, I don't think I answered this question. Why are players trying to cripple each other during pre-season games? Um, well, yeah, Christiani yeah, was clearly just trying to take his anger out on Brock Besser for the fact that he has been lumped in in Tawala for the foreseeable future. I mean, I think it was. I think it was that Brock Besser showed him the absolute highest level of disrespect, which is to turn your back on a person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, especially when you're about three foot away from the boards, which is just enough space for you to fall and headbutt the boards as hard as possible. You know. Mate. So I mean, in, so then to be fair, so then in Tierney's defence, it's clearly all Brock Besser's fault. He he brought it on himself by not being able to look 180 degrees. Behind him, like he's an extra from The Exorcist. The, this Sorry, obs- why are they trying to kill each other again? This obsession that a lot of fans and members of the media and front offices alike have with, oh, we don't want, you know, don't worry about the puck. Don't don't play hockey. What your job out there for that 60 minutes is to receive hits. That is your primary concern, is to take a hit. Don't don't play hockey. If you're trying to play hockey, you're in the wrong. You are most certainly in the wrong. Especially if you're in you know, within ten feet of the boards. Don't you dare try and play hockey. Don't you dare try and touch that puck. Mate, it's how how can people watch that hit and say, Oh, Bresser sh- Besser shouldn't have shown him the numbers. Shown him the numbers? They've been just standing there for like ten minutes. <laughs> God. What are we doing? Say Here's the thing, right? I can't remember the. I'm oh, sorry. The name of the person who tweeted out. I can't remember your name. I'm sorry. Somebody tweeted out, and honestly, it was fifty-fifty on his replies. What What did Besser expect? Like, you know, what? You know, why? Why did you just stood there? You know, you, you talked to have your head in a swivel. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? He fucking legitimately could have broken his neck. I mean, he hits that fucking board. Head first, so bad. At so de- and there's head. Nothing, he's not there's crunched into the board. Do. He's yeah, he's lawn darted into the board head first, 
and his fucking head bounces off the board, and then he hits oh. the floor. And and now he's concussed. And now he's concussed. And the boy's already out of conditions. And he's in his third yeah. AHL season. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's... Okay, this is going to sound terrible. And if this is a Stanley Cup final, right, and you're working towards your entire goal, your entire life's work, and at that point, you think, if I don't do this, I might never win a Stanley Cup. Is it shitty? Yes. Is it crazy? Yes. But on some level, I get that kind of okay, it's this moment, I've got to win at all costs, whatever. Again, I don't agree with it, but I get that it happens. It's a fucking pre-season game. And it's not... Who gives a shit if the fucking Canucks <clears throat> score on that one play? Who gives a shit? Not one single person will remember that play in a month if they score from there. And you didn't fucking lawn dart them into the boards. It's pre-season. And do you think Christine is struggling for a roster spot on the Senators of all teams? <laughs> you know what I mean? Geezer's a lock. Geezer is a lock because he's one of four forwards I actually own. Like, <laughs> all, you know, similarly to your point about it being the final, if this was AHL Tweeno who's trying his hardest to earn a one way deal or whatever it might be, like they have a reason to go hard in these games, again, it's not yes. forgivable or. or admonishing the, the move but makes it more understandable why there is yeah. some heat and some venom there like Christine you don't has, agree with it but you get why they've done it yeah understand it Christine has no reason to do that whatsoever that no. that that geezer could have not skated all summer eating nothing but Big Macs and, and McFlurries turned up quite literally not being able to see his own skates and he'd still probably be playing on the third line at least it's fucking insane. It's just horrendous. Has he? Has there been any talk of suspension from the league? Because I haven't seen any. I've not heard. I have not heard anything. Crikey! Anything. If we're not, if we're not suspending stuff like that, then. And fair to to be fair, to be fair, if this was Tom, if Tom Wilson in this situation was Chris Turney, fucking hell, like he would be over the coals. And 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 rightly so. Or maybe as I I saw people a couple of people point out. Well, it's the Canucks, so no one's going to care. Not not laughing about it, but they were saying, "Well, if this was a if this was a, a more high profile team, the league would do something about it." God, mate, I mean, but it's the Canadian, Canucks, like, so how much so more they don't care. high profile do you want them to be? They're not the Blake Coyotes, like. But I do not... think if the I do think if the two players were maybe two different players, there would have been more done about it. Yeah, I, know. I mean, maybe the maybe the um, the safety boffins will do something now because there's been an uproar. I don't know, but. Maybe me. maybe George Paris just hasn't opened Twitter yet, so he hasn't found out because that <laughs> seems to be how maybe the NHL find out about things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Christ. Just gets a DM from Colin Campbell saying, "Hey, hey, Georgie, have you seen this? It's pre-season. What the fuck are we doing?" I'm I'm glad what that we've established today that both women and hockey players are not welcome in the NHL. In the and NHL, their safety yeah. is not considered at all. <laughs> Women and good young hockey players know your know not, your limits. Not not interested in your contributions. No, no, of course not. No, no Christ. place for him in the game, Dad. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, let's move on again. Uh, I don't think we need to go into the CBA talks, do we? It's uh... a little, little bit gutted. There's not going to be a lockout, but what can you do? I know. I was, I was looking forward to like a really good break, <laughs> like not just a song. Like, yeah, could have gone like. <laughs> 
more than two weeks without doing a podcast. Could have gone for like a month. I know, good. I put a deposit on a cruise. I'm devastated. Oh, man. Killer. <laughs> Absolute killer. You're going to have to uh, have that, uh, that date in Dubrovnik changed, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I was going to have another baby. <laughs> Because the luck have gone on for so long. This has worked out well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So kind of interesting. News coming out of Winnipeg. Dustin Bufflin has been... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, guess you forgot about this. It's not... Oh, I forgot, forget about stuff all the time, mate. Suspended by the Winnipeg Jets after failing to report to training camp. It does seem like the suspension is more a... We have to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. Yeah, yeah. But it's more... The the word is is that he's considering retirement. Nobody knows why. He's you know, but apparently he was went to a couple of practices and just thought, hey, you know what, I've had enough. And if that's the case, fair play to him. I think it's interesting after we spoke about Tim Thomas last time that you mm. never really know what goes on, do you? No. And obviously, Bufflin's one of those guys who plays hard and he plays hard minutes. And if he wakes up one day and he just aches all over, or even worse, he just wakes up and he's got a blinding headache and he just thinks, hang on a minute, what am I doing here? Why, why am I doing this? Yeah, it's kind of pure speculation, but that might be it. Yeah, this is it. Before we start joking about how absolutely decimated Winnipeg is going to be for the upcoming season, like, Jesus. just hope that Bufflin is, is okay physically, mentally, and that... Yeah, his, his family and loved ones are okay physically and mentally as well because like you say no, nobody knows what has triggered this but it's, it's quite obviously something serious and even if it's you know let's just hope that he's tired let's just hope he's tired and power power to him power to him like you know yeah. similarly to you know, Andrew like it's not exactly the same situation because he's trying to come back from injury but best case scenario Buff's tired he's made his money and he's like you know what I can't bother anymore, and I hope I hope that he can't be bothered anymore. I really hope he can't. Like yeah. like you said, yeah, rather than point. him waking up in a state of disrepair every day, or or even worse, something something happening to to him or his or his family. So, yeah, exactly. Best uh, best of luck to to Big Buff because he's he's been he's been a quiet star in the league. I think in in a lot of ways. Yeah, agree. He's he's agreed. the sort of player that like yeah he's not a st- he's not a big mouth off the off the ice necessarily, he's not a big personality, but he's on the ice he's a big personality. You know what I mean? He's he's a player that if he's playing he's gonna do something highlight worthy. Absolutely, fantastic player. Which leads us on to then the Winnipeg Jets with Patrick Liney <laughs> doing his best soccer player abroad impression, where they go and talk to a newspaper in their own language. And they start saying things. And he said, and I quote, and I'm sure you've all heard these quotes, but I love them. He said, and I quote, when you're having contract negotiations, one thing is always, who are you playing with? With the merits I have somewhere else, I'd have the opportunity to play with the best players. Jesus. Everybody who understands hockey knows that. There are top lines, and then there is our line. But I play with the guys I'm told to play. Fucking hell. How many... I was going to say, it's not even a ricochet shot. How many direct shots could, like, one... I don't know, how many sentences is that? One, two, three, four. Four sentences. Pretty much slates the manager and the team and his line mates in four sentences. <laughs> you want to know what's uh, what's beautiful, Dan? I, I, I get it, yeah. He spent a lot of his time with um, Brian Little and, and Nick Ehlers. Nick Ehlers, fantastic player. I don't see the complaints there. But Brian Little, yeah, he's on, he's on the... Uh... On the downswing, 
Would that be fair to say? Yeah. No, no, I don't think it's not. That's not that unfair to say. He's, he's, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not Mark Shifley, is he? He's not Mark Shifley. Not Shifley. <laughs> he's not. Jesus. He's not Kieran Knightley. Let's be. Let's be honest here. <laughs> but I was looking at his uh, his stats, Lino's stats with and without and stuff. Apart from putting pucks in the net, <laughs> I don't. He's, he's, a lot of people are better off when they don't have Patrick Lino, let alone the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> like I think Ehlers and and Little, their their Corsi Rail goes up, their expected goals go up. <laughs> all all the things you'd want. All the things you'd want. Which is funny to say about a thirty goal scorer. <laughs> really is. A, a player who scored hundred goals in the NHL before his twenty first birthday. It's, I, I think I think yeah, biggest bigger picture. When Patrick Lido's thirty, we're gonna look back and completely forget about all this stuff about oh, is he is he actually that good? Is he actually that good? Like he's gonna bang down a thousand goals by that point, so that'll be fine. But it's just just funny, isn't it? It's it's very funny because he just, dude, he just, he just comes across as like. Do you remember when he got drafted and they were talking to him? And he just lying there on a couch, like chilling, <laughs> like. Basically, got his top on. He was FaceTiming at a really bad angle. Yeah, he was FaceTiming. He was just clear. He was just like chilling on the couch or something. Like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I just thought, God, like this guy's awesome, dude. To say that, I was. I just just burned everybody. He just burned everybody in in one well, not even there in one paragraph essentially. Liner had me thinking about something, Dan. Say you're a GM of a of an AHL team, and you have to choose between two players. Yeah. Two forwards. Yeah. One forward is going to score 30 plus goals in a season, yeah? But he's going to do it by scoring in 15 individual games. The other forward is going to score 20 goals on the nose, but he's going to score in 20 individual games. Who who would you write? Who do you think is more valuable? Hang on. Did you say 30 goals in 15 games, 20 goals in 20 games? Yeah, so like, yeah, they both played a full 82 or whatever, but the 30 goals, he, sc- he only scores in 15 games. Maybe he has a hat-trick in one game, one game in another game, one goal in another game, etc. Et yeah. Oh, oh I'll take, take the 20 and 20 guy every time. Yeah, the guy who scores in 20 games. Yeah. That's the thing, but like, I, I don't necessarily know what the right answer is. Like, what is more... Because, you know, those 20 games might be all be like 8-0 <laughs> blowouts the other way and he just gets one. <laughs> Or equally, the 30-goal yeah, guy could just be piling on goals when they're winning 8-0. But here's the thing. like, I get the comparison you're trying to make, but Lainez was more egregious than that. Yeah, it wasn't like he yeah, scored exactly. 30 in 15. He scored 18 in, like, 15, and then scored 12 in the rest of the season. <laughs> Which is just horrendous. Which is not good. But that's like, the thing, I want a even... guy who will score me every single game. That, I don't want a guy who scores five goals one night and then doesn't score again for a month. And that, that's that doesn't help me out at all. You look, you look at like goal scoring, and if you if you have say a thirty-five goal scorer and a twenty goal scorer, you think, oh, the thirty-five goal scorer is almost twice as good as the twenty goal scorer. Like, not necessarily. Like, there's yeah, so true. much more. Like, yeah, even even to be a goal scorer, isn't isn't enough, which goes completely against everything that I've been taught to believe in. In goal-based sports, but do you think there's any like? Do you think there's any takers out there for him? Do you think anyone's gone to Winnipeg and said, 
Okay, this line I think like, oh, what's the deal? Without are you, are you a looking? doubt, without a doubt, like you know, all all comparisons and thought exercises aside, like if you're not interested in taking on Patrick Lyon, you're a moron. I mean, because I was, I mean, before before um, Justin Falk got traded, I was thinking like, well, Falk for Lyon just seems no, mate. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine. <laughs> so you've been playing too much AHL, mate. Why? <laughs> Full for line in and Winnipeg have to throw in a second round pick. <laughs> Dude, what do the Jets need right now? D. They're desperate. Yeah, he's not even that so good you do your D, best man. to like you do you know, but you do your best to like rinse them. What uh, Tyler Myers for Patrick Lyday. <laughs> <laughs> who who else do you want what? John Moore for Patrick Lyday. He's locked in, he's got term, don't worry about it. <laughs> Justin Falk isn't that bad. And it I mean, makes sense. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd probably rather have John Moore than Justin Falk, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. But like, you know, Line A's got infinite, like infinitely more value than that. Than it'd, it'd have to be like Justin the, Falk, okay. a first and no. a prospect. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But like, Un- unless <sighs> Kevin Sheveldale I mean, Patrick- gets sacked, and St. Louis Blues and uh, advises to the GM Peter Chiarelli takes over then then my friend you could probably swing a Justin Falk for Patrick Lino one for one if this was just a case of a player is a bit unhappy that's fine but he burned that entire organisation from top to bottom and this is this leads me on to my next thing right so obviously Lino has apologised you know rang Brian Little and apologised to him Blake what Wheeler's was... come out. Oh, is it's it, it's is he, has he actually even... apologised to Brian Little? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He should right, not yeah, be apologising to Brian Little. And if he, <laughs> Brian Little should be answering the phone like Patrick. Don't worry, I get it. I get you. <laughs> I know. I feel you, homie. I know, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were just talking about it. What's hockey like? It's a bunch of boys. It's a bunch of boys all looking out for each other. And when one of your boys comes out against you. And burns your entire team and the line you play on together. It does, you could say that line A is damaged goods on that team. So you like what's what's better? You want a guy who clearly doesn't want to be there because maybe that's a, maybe that's the situation. You know, he's he might be annoyed about his back injury. You know, like making him play through his back injury last year or whatever. I don't know. Okay, if it's you and he slates you and says, "Well, why am I playing with these guys? They're no essentially they're no good." He rings and apologizes. You're just going to be like. Ah, forget it. No, f- like in your brain, you're still like, no, fuck you. I'd, I'd like, be like, Patrick, Patrick, let's be frank, mate. I appreciate the fact that you're playing amateur roller hockey for Norfolk's <laughs> best roller hockey club. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I appreciate you, you, uh, yeah, putting in the effort. But I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, it's. <laughs> And like Brian Little's gonna be proud. Brian Little clearly doesn't think he's crap. And he's not he's all crap. <laughs> he's still, I don't know. In in, in the good old that, days. It's all that bullshit respect and all that. Like you've got a young guy coming and calling out older players, they shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's that kind of oh you've got to learn the ropes and learn to keep your mouth shut and your ears open and all that kind of shit. And Lana's just like, nah, they're all fucking shite and I hate them. <laughs> and I hate this. Time. I hate them. Brian Little makes like, terrible dinner. Yeah, and you're just gonna you're just gonna be like you just suddenly forget about that when he calls and apologizes. Yeah, but I reckon like he's gonna go back d- into that locker room. Can't it all just oh, get brushed it. over of like oh, I was in my native tongue, you know? It's, 
Oh, yeah. it's uh, lost yeah. in translation. No, it didn't. Didn't the guy who did the interview translate it himself? So it's <laughs> yeah. The guy who's Finnish, who also speaks English, translated it immediately. Proper. So it was no. There was no lost in. Which is probably why Lightning had to apologise. There was no lost in translation <laughs> because it was translated by a guy who speaks Finnish very well because it's his national language. Can I just reiterate that the Lightning was absolutely savaging every member of the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll... His fucking coach, his GM, his not only his team, his actual line mates. <laughs> specific. Well, didn't didn't Kucherov say a similar thing a few years ago? Kucherov called out his team, didn't he? He basically said, like, you know, why aren't players stepping up like I am? Which at the time was fair enough. You could say that. I think I think he had every right to say that because he was. He I think he was only because that was the year they missed out in the playoffs. I think, and he he was only one who had any kind of not any kind of production, but. But he was he was he played really well, and the rest of his team did kind of let him down. But this isn't that. It, it wasn't as targeted as I, I would be a lot better if it wasn't for Brian Little. <laughs> yeah, Lionel is like, oh, much if I played on a really good team, would not be something. <laughs> in in the good old days, Dan, the Jets would have just chucked his tracksuit in the tracksuit in the shower and then traded him to Buffalo. But, exactly. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. They would have just set fire to his car. And then got into a fight with him, and we just would have forgotten about it the next day. <laughs> That's where. <laughs> so what? Ho- women, hockey players, and Brian Little. Is there? We had Brian <laughs> Little to the list. Some of this is. Yeah, women, young, talented hockey players, and no, and it's the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> just, <laughs> just slated them all. Oh, they, they, we don't want top, you. They're top of the top of the list, aren't they? It's just yeah, nobody wants so. them. Cry! Oh, imagine, imagine if they get rid of Line A, and their defense is, you know, Josh Morrissey and the pylons. But that's me again. Going back, to, I'm still defending myself here. The Hurricanes had an excess of defensemen. That's the reason I thought about them. And yeah, they'd have to package it with other stuff, obviously. But like, it made sense. Arho's in Carolina. There you go. Finnish teammate. You two go and make great, you know, great passes and goals together. And that's why I thought, well, it kind of like Winnipeg needs defensemen. And right now they have two RFAs who they seemingly cannot get signed. One of whom does not want to be there. Clearly. I'm, I'm buzzing for Kyle Connor to come out and be like, oh, I'd be, good if, be better if I was playing with shit players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just quickly, where could Lion A go? Seriously. What, where could he be traded to? Yeah. <sighs> Same with an excess defenseman. Justin Falk for Justin Falk. <laughs> um, That's the oh, thing. Like, mate. who else has got an excess of good defensemen? Oh, here you go. Here you go. All jokes aside, I, I, I don't advocate this trade. I don't think this is a good trade. But Buffalo, Rasmus Ristolainen. He's a D man. Yes, there's, he is. There's, there's just about technically listed as a D man. I suppose. There's history there between yeah. the the franchises trading young talented scorers for they even trade for yeah, for right hat for youngish right handed defensemen. Yeah, oh, that's true. Written in the stars, isn't it? Who the hell knows what GMs think? But it's interesting, and I can't I can't wait to see if he goes back there. What happens? I mean, nothing will happen. We won't see it. But they won't trade him. That'd be ridiculous. Two weeks on, Lion A and Connor still not signed. Oh, that's that's it. Everyone else is signing. Who who has three left? Yeah, there's three left. Connor. Connor and Rantanen. That's it. Oh, yeah, Rantanen. 
Shit. Which I imagine is, you think you're worth this much when Nathan McKinnon's being paid this much? Are you crazy? I think it might be the conversation there right now. And and to be to be responded with, it's not my fault that Nathan McKinnon smokes crack. Like, pay me my money. (laughs) It's not my fault Nathan McKinnon's agent is an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Where's my fucking money? You're gonna punish me for yeah for that. Look, mate, I'm not from I'm not from fucking the arse end of nowhere like Nathan McKinnon is. I see. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Mikko Ranton doing an interview with a Finnish magazine and saying, <laughs> "I can't believe I can't believe the Colorado Avalanche are trying to jim me out of my money. They're a bunch of cheap bastards. I hate them." It's, yeah, it's not my fault. Everyone else on the team is like a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> If, if, I, oh, if only Nate McKinnon had bargained for more money, I wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. If McKinnon was being paid 8 million, I could get paid 10 million. Fucking idiot. Why is he getting 6.3? What or self- whatever it is. What a selfish bastard taking such a team friendly yeah. deal. <laughs> so, in light of talking about signings, Mitch Marner gets to bend the Leafs over oh, and give it to the dry. Even... I thought we'd done it, mate. Nope, nope. Mitch Marner gets to bend the Leafs over and give it to them nice and dry, signing for six years at a shade under eleven million. Go on, you go first. What do you think? Well, a lot's happened in in the last week, hasn't it? Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> um, yeah, what a dick. <laughs> I will say now. I will say. I will circle back, and I will admit when I'm wrong. You were right. This all started with Nylander, because he was clearly the first to sign. He is clearly the worst of those three. And Dubas should have played hardball and just sat him and said, you know what, no, you're not going to do this. Because if I do this with you, I've got to do it with the other two. And that's what's happened. I'm, I'm very interested because the Leafs are paving a bit of a bit of a sort of maverick way here with the whole four players locked in for 40 million. Jobby. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens there with you know, the whole idea of roster construction and you know it's it's really taking it to the extreme that investing in your stars is the way to go so i think that would be an interesting side of it but yeah the obviously every player is different and every negotiation is different and stuff like that but yeah i mean the players that have signed after mitch marner have made it seem that the uh the leafs have been um uh taken for a bit of a ride as they say and ultimately absolutely you know Darren Ferris, Paul Marner, they got all they wanted. So, well done. Yeah, and Mitch got what he wanted as well. Jeez Louise. That's a lot of change. A lot of change. Overpay, in in my opinion. <laughs> Just a little bit. Was it? It was six years but, again, wasn't it? Six, yeah, six at 10.893, I think it was. Yeah, that's um, that's the question. That the, the bet is that... In three years, when everyone else's bridge deals run out and they have to be repaid, so yeah, your McAvoy's, your Kachuk's, your um, your points and stuff, the the salary cap would have gone up because I think by three years they, there's going to be the new TV deal, which is implying there's going to be a major bump to the salary cap. So yeah, in theory, in three years the deals the next deals assigned by this group of RFAs are going to greatly eclipse this 11 million. That's the that's the bet. That's what the Leafs are banking on. So then they get another three years of 
a prime Mitch Marner at a lesser cost than than his peers are, even though he's being paid well over the odds now. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, I <laughs> can I can I'm I do that? Alan Brooks now. One, yeah, I'm willing to bet not one of those players gets paid more than Mitch Marner in three years. Any of them. Oh, yeah, I think I think you're right. Right now, I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why I think that. You can't go to Mitch Marner and say, "Well, Austin Matthews only, only makes eleven point six, so you can't make eleven. That doesn't work as an argument. But you can go to Braden Point and say, "You think you're worth more than Nikita Kucherov? Are you crazy? You can go to Charlie McAvoy and say." You think you're worth that much more than Patrice Bergeron or David Pasternak? Now, those players might end up being the highest paid on their team, maybe by a little bit, but it's not going to be like... Braden Point's not going to get a $13 million contract. No. Charlie McAvoy's not going to get a $10 million contract. No, I think you're right. And I think that's where like the Rantanen situation is different to all of those because a lot of like you know, the Stankov contracts and the Kucherov contracts being the prime examples, they were signed after they'd already broken out of stars. Like McKinnon's was a bit of a, yeah, you're good, but you're I mean, not let's be honest, beat, Kucherov's yeah. cheap. For the Lightning, Kucherov is cheap. That's a cheap deal for them. Is it nine or nine and a half? Nine and a half. That's, That's ridiculous. like ridiculously cheap. Gen- like Panarin's making $2 million more than Kucherov. And I think he had like, what, 40 points less last year or something like that? Yeah. Jamie Benn makes the same amount as as Kudrov, and he makes Shit. half as much, and he's broken. Like, yeah. Oh god, that's crazy. Eleven million for Mitch Marner. Eleven million dollars. Matthew Kachuk making seven. Yeah, four million less than Mitch Marner. Who's a better player? I'd have that Kachuk deal all day, every day of the week. I think I'd be interested to see what Kachuk would have done in Marner's position. I think Marner is the better. Don't be wrong. I prefer Mitch Marner as a player. I think he's a better player, but But for four million less, you're not getting a lot less from Matt Kachuk, are you? And and in some ways, you're getting a lot different with the old sandpaper and all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I still don't believe in three years that... And here's the thing. In three years, if the TV deal goes up and the cap goes up, well, it doesn't matter then if these players get paid more because there'll be more money to spend. So it won't matter. <laughs> no, exactly. If the cap goes up to 100 million, just as a wild example, just as you know, a nice round number, if the cap goes to 100 million <clears throat> and Braden Point's making 11, well, fine. It doesn't... <laughs> There's now more money to spend so they can afford to pay him 11 million. Yeah, that's... that's because then what's going to happen is you're going to see third and fourth line is getting paid 4 million, 3 million. Instead of like trying to find like a million dollar players or, you know, eight hundred grand players. That's the thing. Not everybody has the same cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the The hope is that yeah, your Braden point ends up on fourteen million or whatever, which is just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm... I will stake my teeny tiny reputation on it. That ain't going to happen. Yeah, I don't. Especially not in three years. Not in three years. We've only just gotten. No. The uh, the NHL sal- salaries back to the top salaries just to break what they were in the year two thousand. Yeah. So exactly. like, yeah, I wonder where William Nylander but... is going to be playing next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Like, if their season dies on its ass, 
what's their option? They have that's it. It's Nylander. There's no one else. I mean, not not dies in its arse, but if they go out of the first round again or something. No, not even you know, that. I think they've just got a clear. Actually, yeah, even the second to, round to get yeah, even the second round to anticipate paying Morgan Riley to anticipate paying Freddie Anderson. No matter what happens, like yeah, somebody's got to go. I agree. The vultures are circling Carl Dubas. Let me tell you, because he was getting rinsed on Twitter in light of these deals. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, but this is where. Yeah, I don't think you can necessarily pass judgment until it's done. Uh, until yeah, because it's, it's an interesting way of yeah, we're gonna have to leave it a couple of years and see what happens. Obviously, it's not a good deal because it's not Kevin LeBanks' deal. But <laughs> yeah, and until we see what the actual fallout of this is, we can't. I don't think we can really say what what's going on because he's done this now. He's limited himself completely in his ability to move pieces around just in case it's not working or not going quite right. That's the issue now, is that yeah. you're now struggling to find people to move out to get other people in, unless it's the only player is William Nylander. And even then, and his, to be fair, his contract is I, structured yes. not very nicely for a lot of players. Yes. For a lot of teams, exactly. rather. The- I was amazed. Do you know what? I was amazed. I was amazed the Nylander thing went through. Because I was thinking, well, Kapanen and Jonsson are playing really well. So, you know what? You don't really need him right now. How many points is he really going to give you when he comes back in halfway through the season? But that that's... And I think it... That, you know, people say that Marner had no leverage. That was his leverage. That was his leverage. Like, you know, we, we, we can you know, argue all day long about how good he is compared to the rest of the league. He's still a good player. And he's oh, yeah. still... A you know, very good player and he's an important part of the Leafs. Dubas can't go from having, again, William Nylander, fantastic player before last season, as good as Mitch Marner. He can't go from seeing firsthand what happens when a player goes to December without a contract and you know, go through that again with one of his star players. Like That would just be ridiculous. So that, that's the leverage yeah, that Marner had. Yeah, almost shooting himself in the foot and saying, "All right, if you don't sign me now, chances are I won't be up to speed. You know, you've got to get me in now, or else you might as well not have me at all. And you need me now." And the and the fact they gave Matthews a blank check. (laughs) Yeah, and as much as you can say, you know, goal scoring centre versus playmaking winger, like he's still an important part of the team. Doesn't doesn't strictly matter. And yeah, he's he he got a discount versus Matthews. What eight hundred (laughs) grand? Yeah. Bargain. Exactly. Absolute bargain. Mine has absolutely taken a hometown discount there right. because, you know, anywhere else he would have got 11.2. So. I think that's been proven. <laughs> Unless he was in Tampa where he'd, where he'd have gotten 4.7 and he'd have been happy with it. <laughs> yeah. The only little thing coming off this was it was hilarious watching Darren Drager spend all night tweeting out only to get out scooped by Elliot Friedman at the last <laughs> second. What a fridge. What a fridge. <laughs> I'm a big Fridge guy. I love Elliot Fridge. I was going to say, don't, amazing. don't mess with Fridge. Not at all. Not at all. Do you know what? And I felt like maybe I missed it, but it seemed like that was the only tweet he sent that night. <laughs> he sent out one tweet and it was done two minutes before Drago with the scoop. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And it was just such I was a... howling. 
Or is it just like mine assigned and then five minutes later, yeah. it's just a cat pit and I was like, right, I'll go to bed, see you later. <laughs> so good. I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that like free like free set his alarm or something. Like it's somebody in the room said to him, I'm going to, okay, this is getting done now. Like I'll let you know in like 10 minutes. He's like, all right, sets his alarm. Has his tweet already typed out? Sets alarm for 10 minutes. Do it now. Boom, done. <laughs> there you go. See you later. <laughs> like freeze tweets out before Marner's even picked up the pen oh it was amazing because Dre, Dre Girl all night was like here we go gonna be anytime soon looks like it could be this mm, maybe it's this oh here we go oh looks like something like actually not even that night for like weeks before weeks before rumours are it's three years could be six years I'm hearing seven years oh looks like it could be five years and then he threw out every financial figure he could find <laughs> I'm hearing $7.20. I'm hearing $17 million. I'm hearing $12 million. Oh, my God. And then when it was actually one of the ones out of the 50 that he said, he was like, yeah, I told you. I was like, come on. <laughs> I knew it all along. I knew it. Yeah, exactly. It's like you get a question wrong at school and you go, oh, I knew it. It's like, no, you didn't know it because you said the wrong thing. <laughs> Whereas Drago just said like 50 things and one of them was right. But yeah, him getting out of scoop by Freed was... Amazing! I loved every second of it. I think I think I know what has probably happened there, almost almost undoubtedly. I, I don't know if you've ever heard Friedman talking about you know almost trading favors with sources and stuff. You know, if like yes. certain sources want things going out, it's like right, well you owe me one or whatever. I bet Fries knows Trigger's source <laughs> and has one o- or had one over on him. Yeah. And it's like right, let Darren do all the work. When it happens, give it to me. So Dregor's done all this work, all this work, and then Freeze just pulled in that favour. Last second, bam, there you go. And that's it. He's he's done absolutely nothing to earn that scoop, <laughs> apart from the the previous foundations he's laid for it. <sighs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Perfect. It was great. That was great. So in light of anyway, let's move on. So in light of Mitch Marner resetting the market. Uh, Brock Besser gets three years at 5.8 AAV. A good deal? Of course, there was questions about his staying healthy, and he had his, you know, obviously broke a bone in his back, didn't he? And yeah. Hurt his pretty, groin. Pretty serious stuff. Yeah, he's been banged up a lot, but a great deal. A great deal for the Canucks, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. He's a um, good young player. Five, 5.8 or 5.3, was it? Sorry. Uh, 5.8. 5.8, yeah. Still. Great little deal. Good goal scorer. A lot more left to give. If you can stay healthy playing alongside Pettersson, God, don't don't even worry about Ooh. it. Oh, that'd, yes. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? With Mitch Marner resetting the RFA market, Charlie McAvoy re-signs for three years at 4.9 million. I mean... <laughs> that sounds so bad. So the fuck? Tell you what, Jamie Jacobs and the Jacobs family are absolute mafia dons. They have to be. What do they have on all these players? Just so we like, had a conversation about a month ago, and you said to me, "Jesus Christ, I've just noticed that Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo are RFA." I was like, "Yeah, no." Like, I'm nervous. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, you see, Daniel, here's what they're going to do. They're going to tell Charlie McAvoy to take three years at four point nine, not five, four point nine. <laughs> and then they're going to say to Brandon Carlo, this is what's left, and you're going to take it. And they're both going to go, okay then. D- didn't Carlo did. do like two years at 2.5 or something like that? Two years at 2.8. Mate, that's so good. Does he, does he have more or less than John Moore? More. more. <laughs> well, that's good. 
yeah. at least there's some justice there mate the the thing i i quite like and is is interested about all these contracts as, as i'm sure a lot of people have heard the whole um last season having a bigger salary so that the qualifying offer is then really big for the next season Yes, I was going to talk about this later on. But yeah, it's like McAvoy, Rensky, Kachuk, Maya, Besser. Their last years are all huge figures. So if it goes to arbitration, they get a better deal. And which, any qualifying offer obviously has to meet the last number as well. So, Which which yeah. to me is like a, a very clever way of almost That's like including almost like a player option or a team option type thing. Yeah. But basically a team option, really, then a player option sort of thing. Because like it will get to that point where the team... Yeah, if something terrible happens for whatever reason and seven million or ten million is gonna be far too much for this player, then they can opt out of doing it and let the player potentially go to free agency. And yeah, similarly with the player, like if they if they want to reject that qualifying offer or whatever, like that's that's that. So it's yeah, it's an interesting way of kind of squeezing an extra being able to tag on another year to these contracts. It's yeah, it's clever. Very clever, and and as a lot of people have said, like how evasion's not worked this out already in the last fourteen years, but what can you do? Just quickly go, go back to McAvoy. There's talk, obviously, about Tory Krug having to get re-signed next year, mm. and he just he just came out and said, "I will take less money. I don't care. I want to play for this team. I want to win. I'll take less than my mar- I'll I'll take less than what my perceived market value is." Which is very like, very honourable of, of Tory Krug. Like, very stupid, but very honourable. Honourable nonetheless. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to say the Jacobs family is shady, okay? In case they're listening, I'm not saying that. <laughs> only, right? only in case I'm they're not, listening, though. I'm not saying that if any of the Jacobs family hear this. But there's something shady going on there, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> it's pretty shady. Pretty, pretty shady. I just, because it's, it's just like you said earlier. Bergeron. Like, yeah, I know. Which is which is stupid. Not so much, not so much Bergeron and Marshan, like Pasternak maybe, but then because Bergeron set the tone. Here's the thing: I think I don't think Bergeron was getting the credit he deserved until maybe sort of four or five years ago. Yeah, 100%. like he was talked about as being a good player. Same as Marshan. When Marshan signed his contract, he'd only just come off a good year. It wasn't like Kucherov where he'd been amazing and people were like, oh my god, he's only making this much. He should be making like ten. And then we're like, oh my god, they signed him for six. It was kind of like, okay, six million seems about right. Let's hope it goes okay. And then, and then you get a hundred point player out of it. Yeah, he somehow Pasternak, exploded at age thirty or whatever. Yeah. So then Pasternak, then well, he then you like you say you then can't say to them, well, I want ten million. Well, Bergeron makes six and Marshall makes six. You're not like that much better than them. So then Pasternak's like, well, okay, well, I'll play for, like six point six. I'm fine. But then, like. <laughs> Like McAvoy gets four point nine, and I just think like, are there so many under the table dealings going on in the Bruins headquarters that we just don't know about it? Here's I think the it's thing, just Charlie, like a right? culty thing. It's like, and it's like a cult. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like a cult. It's, especially like with, once you're in there, that's it. Yeah, with Crude coming out and saying, "Oh, I'll take less," without even being prompted to. Like, I mean, it's it's a good thing to have built from an owner's perspective, but yeah, those. Those players are one hundred percent indoctrined into, you know, the perfect hockey hockey way of viewing things. If you if you want to look at it that way, like I will take it's less just... so that we can win because I want to win here rather than 
earn an extra few yeah. milli. Rather than make money elsewhere and maybe win there, I want to win here. Which is, I mean, it's relatively just... sensible. And and to do that on a short-term deal for McAvoy is a good idea. If Tory Crew takes a, a lesser... takes a discount, then that's stupid. Because his deal will outlast Bergeron and Chara's usefulness. And probably Marshand's as well. So he'll yeah. end up on, on a team that isn't as good as this, earning less than he should be. And, uh, yeah, Tory Crew will be kicking himself in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense for Charlie McAvoy, where he's still got plenty of time to earn his money. Three years at four point nine. Fucking Crazy. Hell. Here's how good these deals. Here's how good these deals are. I was freaking out about how they're going to sign them. They've signed these two players and still have cap space to add a little piece here if they need it. You know, the Bruins cult. It's a real thing. I think we've just yeah, you've just uncovered it. So with Mitch Marner resetting the RFA market. Uh, Matthew Kachuk signs for seven million at three. There's a theme here. Can you see it? Signs for seven million. I'm just about cutting it on now. Yeah, signs for seven million for three years. Again, fantastic signing. Not a crazy amount of money. It does make him the highest paid flame, but not by you know. I think he, I think he makes two uh, two and fifty grand more than Johnny Gaudreau. Perfectly fine. Good young player. Great deal for the Flames. Yeah, I mean it's a bit higher than maybe you'd want it to be compared to other. Other deals that have been signed, but still seven million is not awful, especially for a player that's, I'd probably say, poised to break out even further than he has. Absolutely, yeah. he was a shade. He was a shade under a point per game last year. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think Max Chuck's got more to give, so, so yeah, I think that'll be good. And and in in this current market, yeah, he's a seven million dollar player. Yeah, absolutely, that, that absolutely. is. I think I think that's about. Yeah, I think it's pretty on the nose to be honest. Like for for value, like he is he is a seven million dollar player. So with Mitch Marner, resetting uh, the RFA market, <laughs> who had ninety four points last year, making eleven million dollars. Braden Point, who had ninety two points last year, resigns with the Lightning at a criminal three years, six point seven five AAV. <laughs> like, wasn't it, wasn't it ninety two in? In less games. <laughs> Do you know what? I think. It, let me just check that. I think it might have been actually. Yeah. Andy. Andy oh, plays centre. Andy. Yes. Forty-one goals he had. Forty-one goals. Goal, goal scoring centre. You say. Goal <laughs> scoring centre. <laughs> nah. No. No kidding. Goal scoring centre. Nah. They can't make that much. But yeah. Ninety-two points in seventy-nine games. Mate. That's just crazy. About. Yeah, I don't know. You you never hear people. Well, I don't know. They're not necessarily as lauded as the Bruins are, but that's just because there's not that culture around them, you know. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That but is yeah, Braden Point's a fabulous player. This guy. This is the next Bergeron, in my opinion. This is the guy. You reckon so? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. An amazing yeah, you're not, player. You're not wrong. In any stretch of the imagination. I mean, just an absolute animal. Everything. Like scores, assists, can tackle. You know, can can hit. Can, track, can tackle. Well. He's, he's hard in the tackle. Good tackle. in, good in the air. Great from set pieces. <laughs> good in the air. Got, got both feet. <laughs> oh, fantastic, mate! Fantastic. Can attack from the wing down the centre. <laughs> but still, six point seven five million. Holy shit! And uh, the annoying thing is, like three years time, they have to pay him properly. And uh, what Andre Palat comes off the off the books, so just give him Andre Palat's you know money, and that's yeah, that. I gotta say, I gotta say, 
unbelievably, I don't like people have such short memories. We spent like times last season saying, "Christ, what are the Lightning going to do next year? How are they going to how are they going to resign Braden Point and all these? What's going to happen?" Cut to September the twenty first or whatever it was he signed. It's like Jesus Christ, six point seven five. You kidding? Well, what's going to happen next year when Vasilevsky's contract kicks in at nine and a half million? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen next year. The same is going to happen all over again. The Canucks are going to take on Alex Kalorn and give Tampa a first. Braden Colburn's going to get put on IR due to suddenly develop an allergy to pucks or ice or something. And the Sens will take on his contract and give the Lightning a pick for the privilege. And hey, presto, the Lightning are $6 million free again. That's because for some reason, teams like helping the Lightning. <laughs> that's the thing. They've got movable contracts. Like they're they're middle classes. That that's the uh, the uh, yeah. They've all got no trade clauses, but still, Blumenek. Like there are players you can move. Uh, you know, teams are going to want a Yanni Gord, a Tyler Johnson, and Alex Kalorn. But then next year is going to be a big one because yeah, the the Vasilevsky deal kicks in. They're going to have to pay Mikhail Sergachev. Who but yeah, they'll probably give him like five million or whatever. But still, that's another. Their third highest paid defenseman makes one point seven five at the moment. So, yeah, it'll be. It's gonna <laughs> Nothing's be. Nothing's gonna happen. The same thing's gonna happen again. It's gonna carry on and on and on, and they'll be good forever and never win a cup. If they don't, if they don't win it this year, I mean, this is it now. This we were talking about teams the other, you know, the other week that were kind of in that window, and I said, okay, the Lightning are still they're still good on their core. Their their spine of their team is still great. Vasilevsky, Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. You know, that's still a great core to have. Then you add like you like guys prove it like guys on prove it, Maroon, Shattenkirk, great pickups for cheap, that's fine. But I just think they've still got a bit of cap room. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They've still got a little bit of cap room and they've still got a conditional first. Not even their own that they can trade at the deadline, should they want to make another move. That's crazy, isn't it? This team is absolutely set up. I am saying this right now. If they don't win the cup this year, it's an absolute disaster. Yeah, it never happening. I mean, they have all those. Pl- they have all those players, and if, and a spare and a spare first round pick to use, and a bit of cap space to make a move as well. Should they want to, they they have to win it this year. Speak, um, speaking of the old um, lightning to cap situation, yes. Do you remember Vinny Le Caboyer by any chance, Dan? <laughs> I may have heard that name a time or two. Uh, yeah, once or twice, once or twice. Um, any idea how much he's been paid by the Lightning this year? Oh, that's a good question. He doesn't He doesn't hold a cap hit, but I was just looking. And um, he's still on their cap at, at zero dollars. <sighs> it's not a massive amount, but it's not a small amount. I don't know. Two million, close. One point seven six one million this year. <laughs> Guy's an absolute thief. I love it. And he'll be paid <laughs> that every year until two thousand and twenty-seven. It's amazing. He's the Bobby Bonilla of ice hockey for people who get that reference. Is a uh, uh, yeah 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 the the uh, the baseball player. The baseball player. It's like every year, people celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day because he gets a check from I think it's the Mets for some like one point eight million dollars, and we'll do for like some like the next twenty five years or something stupid like that. Well, wasn't it like yeah, there was some really really weird deal that he made, whereas either like he gets paid 
10 million that day and that's it. Or we won't pay you for 10 years, but then after that 10 years, we'll pay you for 100 years. <laughs> or something stupid like that, wasn't it? Not 100 you know years, what? but you know. There's, there's oh, more... Yeah. Like, it's a really weird buyout. I love Bobby Bunnett. I, I always thought it was vanilla, but you're most certainly right. Of course, it's Bonilla. All right, here we go. Okay, so Bobby Bonilla date. Listen to this. From 92 to 94, Bonilla was the highest paid player in the major leagues, earning more than $6 million per year. Since 2011, he's been paid approximately $1.19 million by the New York Mets each year and is the poster boy for the beneficial practice among major league teams for deferring contractual payments until after the players retired. The payments come every July the 1st, which is called Bobby Bonilla Day. This is part of the deal made when the Mets released Bonilla in the year 2000, <laughs> while still owing him $5.9 million for the final year of his contract. The deal expires in 2035. <laughs> So he will still be being paid 1.19 million for the next 14 years. So did he? So they'd paid. So they only owed him six million, basically. Is that right? No, I think he's. No, I think what you said was right. He signed a massive contract, and then they said to him, "Well, you can have it all now, or you can then like have bits for like the next so many years." So we took that instead. I d- yeah, I don't know, because this, this sentence I've got here, um, the the Mets released Bonilla, but still owed him $5.9 million. Bonilla, oh, Bonilla and his agent offered the Mets a deal. Bonilla would defer payment for a decade, and then they'd pay him $1.19 million from 2011 to 2035. That, that to me, reads, we owe you $5.9 million, but we don't want to pay you. How about we give you $30 million in 10 years' time? Well, that's yeah, that's what it is. Then they couldn't afford to pay him, could they? Just, they couldn't afford to pay him six million dollars, like straight up front. The most so that was mental it. thing. That's so how about good. this then? <laughs> yeah, him and his him and his agent are geniuses. They're the opposite. Who was that agent we were slating before? <laughs> Nathan McKinnon's agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's Mets all the best owner Fred. Ever. Listen to this. Mets owner Fred Wilpon accepted the deal because he was heavily invested with a Ponzi scheme run by Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's £30 million in, te- in 10 years, Rodney. <laughs> £30 million <laughs> nothing. Dearie me. Dearie me. Bobby Bonilla, you hero. Absolute hero. I think my two my two sporting heroes are Bobby Bonilla and, uh, and Winston Bogard. <laughs> Whose story I think we could, we've probably already told but we can cover another yeah. day. Shout out to Winston Bogard for sure. What a guy. Justin Falk is moved. It was a rumour going around for a while. That <laughs> I want to hear I'm gonna hear your take on this actually, because you seem not so sure. Justin Falk and a fifth rounder to the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues for Joel Edmondson, Dominic Bach, and a 2021 seventh. Falk then signs a seven-year 6.5 million AAV extension. So go on then. You throw this out because you don't seem too keen. Uh, it's a bad contract. That's a bad contract. Um, I think it's okay initially, but I agree. In a few years, we're going to be going. Mate, yeah, you all right? That's not good. Come on then. Let's see what Micah has to say about it. Oh. 
that's fair right. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't, do you know what? I didn't see that. I didn't see did. that. I didn't. Didn't see it. Didn't even look. Did you? Yeah, he's uh, he's not. Good. I did not know. He ain't. He ain't good. Like, he's he's not good. And he, he's never actually been good. He's one of these incredible players that has convinced us <laughs> that he's good, but um. <laughs> Bank control, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I think. I think Dom Lecision, Lecision, put it out. Yeah, it was like his. Um, I think it was his war, maybe. And he's only been a positive war player like two seasons in his career, <laughs> and that was like five years ago. <laughs> the rest of it is he's been like a below replacement player, or at the very least, a uh, a below average player. Yeah. So so Falk, pretty according to Micah pretty good he generates shots around the net front so that's pretty good that's pretty good um, unfortunately very much a mirror image <laughs> a big mirror image as he gives away a lot of, uh, of shots in front of his own net uh, when defending yeah he's not he's not all that really and he's not quite as much of a power play driver as, as you think he is it's a problem well, there we are then. As I said to you I, before, I will admit when I'm wrong, I am clearly wrong, and my head has been turned by Mr. McCurdy, as it usually is. As a, so. he's, he's one four turning uh, turning heads, young Micah. Indeed. What, what was the deal again? <laughs> I completely forget what. It was Dominic Bach, second rounder, and a fifth rounder? No, no, no. No, no. Justin Falcon, a fifth, to the Blues for Joel Edmondson, Dominic Bach, and a 2021 seventh. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Dominic Bock, exciting, exciting little prospect. I think that's yeah, that's a good deal for, uh, for Caroline, 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 <laughs> Flemming, getting too late. I think it'd be interesting, and and he he was absolutely surplus. Did not. I think he's he's not an awful third pair of defenseman to have, but yeah, if you for can six trade, and a half million, yeah, for six and a half million, that's ridiculous, and you don't need him. You don't need him at all. See, it'll be interesting to see what Dominic Bock turns into. Uh, struggling a bit to start the season so far with Rogel. No points in his first five games, but I think he'll get there. Well done, Carolina. And last one, Thomas Shabbat resigns, oh, yeah. which kicks in next year. Eight years at eight million. That's um, yeah, that's a good deal. That is a good deal. You've got to credit where credit's due. Shabbat is is going to go from strength to strength. I think he's a fantastic player. Absolutely incredible player. Had a really good year last year. And it's only going to get better. Um, the only way this deal doesn't necessarily work out to be a good deal is um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say through no fault of Thomas Shabbat's. <laughs> that was going to be my next point. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think if he lacks, if he doesn't quite provide the value you'd want from that contract, that's uh, that's going to be on the players around him. I would say to uh, to invoke yeah. Patrick Lino. Yes, I think the thing was with the Shabbat signing was that it was a smokescreen by Eugene to divert the fact from oh some of his newspaper God. stories, as Eugene Melnick's private jet is being held by an aviation company over a $700,000 debt for housing and storage. I didn't know that's... I told you. you, I told you. I told you. As soon as the season starts, the Senators are starting again. Dude, right? I swear. I swear. I didn't... I, I couldn't think of a way to word it properly without, like, just it just not being funny. But I wanted to put up a sign that had... 
preseason started days since sends news not relating to on ice product and it was zero <laughs> it was like the first day of preseason this jet story came out and i was like you're fucking kidding me the season's like about 10 minutes old <sighs> and already we've got eugene melnick private jet stories and the oh, casino God. story <laughs> right so amazingly this isn't the only debt eugene's wrote about is being, is he's being sued by a casino in the US for more than $900,000. And the casino said he tried to pay them in bank drafts. <laughs> Which is just like, what? Have you, have you heard the, um, the urban legend? Yeah, because he was going to... Yeah, he was going to use the money he won to offer sheet. It was it. Who was it? Was it Marner? He was going to offer sheet Marner with it. He he got he <laughs> took his winnings. 900 grand's worth of, check, of, uh, of chips to the roulette table. <laughs> Bet it all oh on God. either red or black, I forget. The ball comes up double zeros. <laughs> <laughs> because of course it does. Mate, I was telling someone at work the other day, like how just trying to knowing full well they wouldn't appreciate the insanity of this situation. But just explaining to them that there is an owner of a professional sports team out there that is trying to pay his players by Gambling casinos, gambling casinos with money he doesn't have. <laughs> oh God, I love it. I oh, love it. It's the best thing ever. The crazy cash-strapped vampire Eugene Melnick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't try and harvest someone else's organs so he could sell it. <laughs> I heard as well that he tried to pay off the casino debt with Bobby Ryan's contract, and even they were like, "Nah, forget it. <laughs> I don't want that." <laughs> <laughs> they, they they offered to wipe the debt, but he said, "Yeah, I'll only accept if you take Bobby Ryan." <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, Eugene, that's not how it works. How about throwing? How about throwing a condition? No, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> how about you throwing a condition? <laughs> yeah, I'll take no debt and a first round pick, and you can take Bobby Ryan. <laughs> Let me spin again and take those two double and take those double zeros off the board, alright? No. Again. That's my conditional pick. My conditional pick is you have to take double zeros off the the rule of the Yeah, that and I can both better both red and black. <laughs> I bet UG's the kind of guy who would do that. He'd put four hundred and fifty grand on red, four hundred fifty grand on black, and it comes up double zeros. And he just he just looks and goes, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Deary me, fabulous! And and he's you've got to end with the, you've got to end with the sands, haven't you? Because they're just they're just I love I just love them. Well, we've God, we've got amazing. to work back into talking about them every week, Dan, because it's only going to get better from here. That's true, dude. How do you start? Like, what's going to happen from now? How do you start the season with a private jet and casino story? <laughs> like, what's next? I, I want it to get to the point of like Brady Kachuk driving around and there's like a similar sort of dash cam video from the from the cab journey last year but it's Brady Kachuk just blackmailing Eugene Melnick because he can't pay him it's not right <laughs> shine my shoes right? <laughs> clean my car <laughs> go and pick up my dry cleaning giving him a wedgie <laughs> Eugene's like uh, Brady I've got you I've got someone to clean your car for you it's Bobby Ryan Eugene, I'm not taking that contract. I'm not. Jesus. I'm not having Bobby clean my car. It's a liability. Yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> Dear me. Do you, do you think the um, round two of the Borowiecki interviews are going to come out before or after the start of the season? 
I don't know, between two filing cabinets or something. I don't know. Between two roulette tables. A lot of people are talking about money, Eugene. Ah, don't worry about money. Unprecedented success. God, I forgot about that. Just not not at the not the roulette table. What's Thomas Shabbat? You know what? The more we say it, what's Thomas Shabbat thinking? Has <laughs> he got any insurance on that contract? I know, yeah. It's like a Thomas Cook. It's like a Thomas Cook holiday. Did you book it, Thomas? Did you get your contract through at all? Can you get your money back if you need? Like, can you leave if you need to? Like three years from now, he takes Eugene Melnick to court. It's like you haven't paid me a single penny of this contract, and the judge rules in in Melnick's favour, just saying, "What did you think was going to happen?" <laughs> Thomas, it's your own fault. Yeah. What did you think? You can't trust this man, do not, man. Do you not read the paper? Oh, dearie me. He all owes us money, Thomas. Come on, stop wasting my time. (laughs) Oh, fabulous. Do you know what? I'm going to finish on one last little funny story that made me chuckle. Jake Gardner was talking about being in Carolina and saying that, obviously, you know, he he can actually walk around there and he has, like, peace and quiet. He can do his own thing. Case in point was he was somewhere with the Carolina Hurricanes mascot (laughs) and a fan came up and said, can I have a picture? And they gave the camera to Jake to take a picture with the like the, so the fan coach bitch take with the mascot. So good. <laughs> That's a great little story. <laughs> oh, a funny show this week. In between bits <laughs> yeah, of incredible. We, we, we oh, had to warm up to it. Wait, I was gonna say, let me yeah. Bit, bit in between it was like I think it was a funny sandwich. We had a hilarious minute at this we had a hilarious bit at the start, serious bit in the middle, then hilarious bit at the end. Like, it'd have been funnier if we just had toast, but uh, it was an important uh, filling to that sandwich, nonetheless. Very well put, my friend. Thank, very well thank put. you very All much, right. mate. Sometimes life is just funnier if you just have toast. <sighs> All right. Okay, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening, folks. Uh, just a quick word on interviews, by the way. We're not going to do them every week. It's more a case of, you know, just fitting them in when we think we can or obviously when guests can do it as well because obviously like I said before Will and I both have families we both work full time we just do this for fun and now we're trying to talk to people sometimes on the other side of the Atlantic so it's more just a case of trying to marry things up and getting things ready we do have some more people scheduled so they'll be coming out in the next you know hopefully the next episodes but if the interviews run long or because we don't want to do essentially a three hour podcast so we might release them as sort of standalone episodes if they work out being a bit longer than we want so look out for those if you're going to get touches on Twitter, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at W E B E B E R E T T at Two Brits One Puck Number Two Number One. <sighs> Take a breath. Will any last words? I just want to get people really excited for the Eugene Melnick interview that will be coming out as soon as he's paid off his Dropbox fees, so he can access <laughs> the files. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Oh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.